Welcome to The Surpassing Worth, a podcast where we study scripture, know Christ deeper, and treasure him above all things. This is your host, Cole. Thanks for joining me. Welcome back to The Surpassing Worth. We are now in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 18 through 20. The title of this episode is Be Reconciled to God. The scripture reads, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for these words. I thank you that, Lord, you have taken the measure, God, gone to the depths, uh, Lord, by coming uh, to the earth, being a man, Lord Jesus, and taking on flesh so that you could reconcile us. And all this is from you. Lord, we are a new creation only because of you. And so, God, I pray that we would see your love for us in the fact of you, God, reconciling us to yourself. And then we would take that, Lord, our salvation, our reconciliation, and implore others, God, to be reconciled to you because to be reconciled to you is the best thing ever, Lord, to have your salvation, to know that it's only from you, and, Lord, to live that out. And so I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the main idea of today's episode is that your greatest need in life is to be reconciled to God. Everyone's greatest need in life is to be reconciled to God. And we're going to see this main idea of reconciliation really come out in three different ways. So we're going to break it down first with the how of reconciliation. How does God reconcile us as sinners to himself? Second, we're going to see the role of our reconciliation. Now that we are reconciled, now that we are saved, we have a role to play as ambassadors for Christ. And then lastly, we're going to see the call to reconciliation. First and foremost to us to be reconciled to God, but then to call others to this reconciliation. So let's start out with the how of reconciliation in verses 18 through 19. Listen again to what Paul says. He says, all this is from God. So remember from last week, he's talking about being a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. So he's saying, all this is from God. Being a new creation is from God, all of it. And so he says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So let's just remember the context here. Paul is writing to the Corinthians. The Corinthians have been doubting who Paul is as a minister. And so Paul has written this letter to them to uh, really show them and demonstrate to them the validity of his ministry, that he is uh, a worker for Christ. And the proof of it is in his sufferings and it's in his weakness. It's in the fact that he's staying genuine to the gospel message. And so he's saying, look, we have been reconciled through Christ uh, to God. And so Paul's saying, we have this ministry of reconciliation. In fact, it's this ministry of reconciliation uh, that we have preached to you. So what does this mean, that we have been reconciled to God through Christ? What is Paul talking about, the how of reconciliation? Well, we have to understand just the word by itself, reconciliation. It means to be brought back together. It assumes that there was a divide between two parties. And in this case, Paul is talking about 
God, the holy God revealed in the scriptures of the Old Testament and then fully revealed in Jesus Christ as God made flesh, this God who is holy and perfect without sin, and then there is us as humanity. And so these are the two parties, God and humanity. And humanity, as Paul writes elsewhere in Romans 3, is depraved, is unrighteous, that there there is no one righteous, no, not one. And sin is not just something we do uh, as a habit or every once in a while as, as a mistake, but sin is a condition. It is who we are. We naturally reject God. Romans 1 tells us that, that we exchange the glory of God for glories that are lesser and made in the image of God, and we make up God in our own image and we are depraved apart from God. We rebel against him. We are enemies of God and we all find ourselves in this state of being an enemy to God. It's not just something we do every once in a while. It is who we are that our natural bent, just like the Israelites in the wilderness, is to make a golden calf and to deny the true God in exchange for idols that we make for ourselves. So this is the state. This is what Paul is talking about. He's saying, look, there once was a great divide between God who is holy and righteous and good and loving and compassionate and between us who are depraved and really enemies of God. And, you know, as Christians, we might not think of ourselves in that way, but there there once was a time when we lived as enemies to God. As Paul writes in Romans 5, he says, we were once enemies of God, but God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus. So there's a great divide here. And Paul is saying, hey, this, this gap, this divide has now been bridged through Christ. So through Christ, God has reconciled us. So the how of reconciliation is Jesus. It's through who Jesus is and what he's done that we sinful humanity can be reconciled to a good and holy God. And this is good news, but we got to talk about the how. How does God do that? Because the greatest problem that we face as humans is not, uh, you know, how can I be happy or how can I be comfortable in this life? Rather, it's how can I be standing in a right position before God? Because that is really what life's about. God is real. God is true. He's the creator. And we, as the creation, have an account to give to him. So our main problem here on this earth is not how much money can we make? How can we be happy? How can we be comfortable? But rather it's how can I be made right before God and how can I uh, be reconciled to him? God has given us the answer through the gospel and it's through Jesus. So how does God reconcile us to himself? It's through Jesus. So listen to what verse 19 says. Paul explains what he's talking about here, what the ministry or the message of reconciliation is. He says, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So did you catch that? Paul's saying this is how God is reconciling the world to himself. It's by not counting their trespasses against them. So Uh, We have to recognize that our account before God is just full of sin. It's full of wrongdoings before him. And so we have this long list. I I like to say it this way. If if all your deeds and actions and thoughts and and really the, the depths of your heart were displayed on a TV screen, for the whole world to see, or you had to walk around with that TV screen on on your head and it showed everything that you thought, said, and did of all your life, not just today, but all of your life. And then you had to stand before God, the creator. How could you stand? How could any of us stand? If we're honest, we are 
sinful beyond measure and our hearts testify to this. And so we have this account of sin. And so how can we uh, be made righteous before God with that account? And this is the good news of the gospel. Paul says it's through Christ that God does not count our trespasses against us. So we have to ask, how does he do this? Well, we find, of course, in Jesus, God becoming man, truly God and truly man. He took on our humanity in full, yet he never sinned. He did not revile. When he was mocked, he did not uh, respond in anger. When he was led to the cross, he did not uh, revile in uh, just indignation. He never sinned. He's perfect. And he did this. He fulfilled or what we could not by being perfect for us so that he could become the sacrifice for our sins. You see, on the cross, what is happening is that Jesus is taking our sin, our account, our debt upon himself, and he is paying the price that we deserve, namely death for the wages of sin is death. And on the cross, he cries out, he, he quotes Psalm 22, he says, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So what we deserved, being forsaken by God, being punished by death because of our sin, Jesus took on the cross. He took our account of our sins, that long list, everything, and he took it upon himself. And what he did is he traded his account uh, his account with ours. So while we brought everything sin to the table, while all, all that we brought was sin, he brought perfect righteousness. He brought... Uh, nothing but uh, his righteousness and glory. And so he trades that on the cross for us. And it's only by when we look to Jesus on the cross, when we see him with eyes of faith and we take hold of him and we recognize that, Lord Jesus, yes, I believe that on the cross you traded that account for me and that only by looking to you can I be made right with God. That is the gospel. That is the message of reconciliation. So how can we be made right with God? It's not by our trying. It's not by our striving. It's only by looking to Jesus who took all of our debt, who took all of our sin, who took our account and paid it in full. Jesus paid it all. So therefore we can be made right with God. And I love this because it means that anytime that we fall short, because we still do, even as believers, every time that we sin, we can go right back to the cross and find in Jesus knowing that he has taken our account in full. Even when we sin today, even when we sin tomorrow, the promise of the gospel still stands. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our, our, our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's only able to do this because Jesus took our account. So this is the good news, the how of reconciliation. But listen to what Paul is saying. He says in verse 19 that God has entrusted to us, he's talking about himself and his ministry workers and really the apostles, the, the message of reconciliation. So uh, we have to think, at some point, someone announced to us this message of reconciliation. What was first announced to the apostles in the New Testament through them seeing, being eyewitnesses of Jesus' death and resurrection, they went out into the world and started proclaiming this message of reconciliation. And this is what Paul is declaring to the Corinthians and really to everyone that he meets is that Jesus has died and is risen. And this is so that he could take your sin, your account from you and give you his righteousness. This is the gospel. This is how you are made right with God. And therefore we proclaim it. This is who we are. This is what we do. We proclaim the ministry of reconciliation. And so we also 
not just Paul, but we also have a role in this now. Because we have been reconciled to God, it's like we have found the greatest treasure of all. And what do we do with that treasure? We show it off. We tell others about that treasure because God has transformed our lives. He has made us a new creation. Therefore, we should go and seek others and tell them of this good news that that God saves, that God reconciles. And it's not by our works and our trying, but it's by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, by grace through faith that we can be reconciled to God. And so listen to what Paul says in verse 20. He says that we, therefore, are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So we've already looked at the how of reconciliation. Now we look at our role in reconciliation. Paul says we are ambassadors for Christ. So what is an ambassador? An ambassador is simply a representative. Typically from other countries, they go and represent really the the top dog of that organization or that nation. So if, if I'm an ambassador from the United States and I go over, say, to the UK or to France or Germany or China, I am representing my country. I hold up the laws. I hold, hold up the standards. I hold up what it means to be a citizen of that country. Paul is using this metaphor here, this national metaphor, to describe who we now are in Jesus because Jesus is no longer here on the earth. He's at the Father's right hand and he has sent his Holy Spirit and he has given birth to the church so that the church may be his witnesses in all the ends of the earth. And so we therefore now are his ambassadors. And so we should represent Christ. I love what Paul says in Ephesians 4. He says we make it our aim to to fulfill that calling which we have been called to. We should live a life worthy of the calling to which we have received because we have been given a great calling. The calling is that we have access to God through Christ. And if we have this, this, this news of how to be made right with God, therefore, we should do everything we can to get it to other people. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. So our role in reconciliation is to be that ambassador, to be that representative. And you know, a lot of people, and I used to fight this a lot, like how could God use me as really a frail, weak human being? And I hope that by uh, studying 2 Corinthians with me, you've seen that that's exactly who God uses to be his, his ambassadors. We remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, that we have this treasure in jars of clay so that the all-surpassing power might be from God and not from us. And then later in 2 Corinthians 12, he's going to talk about his thorn in the flesh, that Paul was a man weak beyond measure, but yet God used him. So God uses the weak to shame the strong. So I just want to encourage you right now, if you feel like you can never be used by God to be an ambassador for the gospel message, God uses the weak. And in fact, it may be your weakness that God wants to use to show off his glory in a treasure, uh, his treasure in jars of clay. I used to struggle with this. And honestly, I still do. How can God use me? Because I'm, I'm imperfect. I'm fallible. The, the words I say even aren't perfect. Only God's words are perfect. And so how can I be a spokesman for this great God? And I love this. It's only through Christ that we're able to do this because our salvation doesn't depend upon us, but on Christ alone. Neither does our ambassadorship depend upon us, but it depends upon Christ alone. You see, we are made sufficient 
only through Jesus. Therefore, we can be confident when we speak of his gospel because we know it's not even our words to begin with. It's it's God's word to us. As Romans 1.16 says, we are not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It's not our words. It's not what we say, but we depend upon the gospel. We depend upon the word of God revealed to us. And that is what we speak. We speak the message of reconciliation, what we find in Scripture, what we find in Jesus. So we are ambassadors. That is our role in reconciliation. And I just want to encourage you. You have a role to play. If God has saved you, he has not just saved you so that you can live a life however you want to now. He has, he has saved you so that you now are reconciled to him, and he has put you on his mission to make disciples of all nations and to seek reconciliation for other people. Just a few practical ways. I think the ministry of prayer, like finding uh, three to five people you can pray for on a daily basis to open up conversations for the gospel, that is a way to engage in uh, the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, Having gospel conversations with people, inviting them out to coffee, and having a way to share the gospel with them. One method I really like is just the bridge. It uses Romans 6.23 to share the gospel. You're engaging in the ministry of reconciliation when you verbally speak the gospel. I think also uh, seeking out opportunities, ministry opportunities to serve the lost and serve those who have never heard of the, the gospel before. A lot of times we have to build uh, just bridges of relationship before we can even have access to that. So I just want to give you those practical ways to engage uh, other people as an ambassador for Christ. Okay. So finally, in verse 20, we come to um, the call to reconciliation. And so we have the how of reconciliation through Jesus. We have our role in reconciliation as ambassadors. And now finally, we have the call to reconciliation. And I just love Paul's heart here. At the end of verse 20, he says this, We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. It can't get any clearer than this. You see, it's interesting because Paul's writing to believers here. He's writing to Christians and he's telling them to be reconciled to God. So this assumes that they have either wandered away from uh, the truths of the gospel or there are those that he's speaking to who need to be reconciled to God for the first time. But through this, we we have to heed this call too, that our greatest need in life is to be reconciled to God. And this happens first and foremost at the cross when we look to Jesus for that first time and accept what he has done by taking our sin. But also, uh, I mean, there are times where we just harden our hearts to God, even in the Christian walk, and we need to be softened by the grace of God that is for us in Jesus and come back to God, knowing that uh, that there is never a time when when we can't approach God's throne of grace because he is for us. Uh, Romans 8.32, if God did not spare his own son for you, how will he not also with him graciously give you all things. You see, God is for us. God never changes. And so when when we sin or when we um, disfellowship ourselves from other believers, when we harden our hearts towards even God, God is there beckoning us back to himself because he's proven that he desires reconciliation with us through Jesus. So why would we now scorn his grace and uh, reject him as, as believers, as children of God? No, we need to be reconciled to God. And again, this isn't of our own doing. It's of God's doing alone. So that that's for us for believers. But I also think, I mean, this is a clear call. You know, if you've never received Christ, here's the call. Be reconciled to God. 
You don't have to work. You don't have to try. You have to believe. You have to look to Christ and have faith in him alone that you have to say, Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross for me personally, that you took my sins upon the cross. And because you took my account, I can be washed clean because Jesus, you were perfect for me and that you became sin for me so that I might become the righteousness of God. So the call to reconciliation, be reconciled to God. There's no greater thing in life than to be reconciled to this God because with him, we have life. With him, we have salvation. With him, we have eternity. Um, There is forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. We receive the Holy Spirit who is our helper, our comforter, and we have the greatest treasure, God himself. And so the call, be reconciled to God.